Welcome to Random Rambling and Rhetoric with TJ Mercer. That's my TT. And it's all powered by the Samsung Notes. Now, here's my TT. I just loves me some porta potties, said no one ever. I don't know about you, but the ickiest thing on the planet is when I am forced to use a porta potty. I try to hold my bladder until the last possible minute. And what about nasty public restrooms? Ew, public restrooms plus kids. Parents, what do you do as soon as you take them to a public bathroom? You make them hold up their hands and forbid them to touch anything. Then you get in the stall, there's no toilet paper or seat cover, you handle your business, come out, and then there's no soap or paper towels. Lord, how much of Jesus is just not a good situation all around. Fortunately, though, fortunately, there's the restroom kit, a full bathroom solution the size of a lightweight deck of cards. A deck of cards, y'all. I keep one in my purse all the time just because it's complete with a full patented oversized toilet seat cover, enough toilet paper to cover the essentials, plus wet wipes for your tushy and your hands. The restroom kit is a don't leave home without a necessity for your road trips, you going camping, the beach, festivals, basically any restroom that ain't yours. Even that friend of yours who's cleaning is not their strong suit. You know what I mean. So pop on over and visit therestroomkit.com. That's therestroomkit.com. And when you use the code RAMBLINGS, R-A-M-B-L-I-N-G-S, you will get 15% off your purchase. So stop going to the bathroom without the full protection you need. Go get the restroom kit at therestroomkit.com. My God, don't lose. He always wins. Uh, we're live. We are live. I had to make sure I stopped the music. And we're live, folks. Can you see and hear me? Can you see and hear me? That's what I need to know. Hey, Melissa, can you see and hear me? Am I good to go? My tea lights are filing in. Am I good to go? Am I good to go? I hope I'm good to go. Is it doing something weird um, with the, uh, hold on. Let me make sure everything is muted. Uh, is it doing something weird? Uh, Facebook, uh, okay, let me make sure. See in here, okay, good. Give me a second to get myself situated here because I feel like I didn't realize that my second cell phone is gonna die and I need to be able to see y'all. I need to be able to see y'all. Let's see, okay. That one may not work. Nikki Klug! Hi, my pumpkin! Jamila, Miss Mary! Hi! Uh, having trouble connecting. I put uh, Patrice... I, okay, so what is it I saying? It's having trouble connecting where I put it. But 
Patrice should be posting the regular link or Audrey has our regular link too. So Audrey, can you paste it in the Facebook um, um, th thread? <laughs> hey everybody, all right. Uh, I think I am all set. Uh, let me start Instagram. IG, I'm live. YouTube, I should be live. And Periscope, I'm live too. We, we, we covering all bases these days. All right, so I am TJ Mercer. I'm known as the chief noisemaker of Media Mavericks Academy, which simply means I teach authors, experts, coaches, and entrepreneurs how to book themselves in the media without uh, a publicist and without being a celebrity. On most days, that's what you can find me doing. And I'm a beast at it because I spent 25 years working on some of the biggest shows on TV. And now for this season, for this season, I am called to show up every day through the month of August and pour into you. And essentially, uh, uh, let me pull up our anchor scripture. So essentially here, for, for those of you who've been rocking with me for, for, sit for, for I can't decide if I'm gonna say from or for day one, uh, blow up the chat. Let me, let me see who's here been rocking with me since day one. And most of those people have, Hey, my Rochelle. Hey, Lori. Most of those people have, um, committed. Like I ain't going nowhere T and why? Because early on in the game, God told me our anchor scripture is uh, Exodus 19 and 3, then Moses went up to God and the Lord called to him from the mountain and said, this is what you are to say to the descendants of Jacob and what you are to tell the people of Israel. But as I explained that day, we only clued in on seven words. This is what you are to say, because God told me I am to come get you, Nikki, get you. Mama, get you, Audrey, get you, Tish, get you, Patrice, and let you hook your train to my caboose. Let you hook your train to my caboose. And we coming up out of Egypt. We coming up out of Egypt, Lynn, and the, by the fourth day, I think God told us that we're going to come out of Egypt and we're going to awaken the Peters in us. And so that was what we've been doing since uh, day one. Okay. Tish is here. All right. So I have a word for you, Tish, before we, uh, get started. I was like, God, if, if I'm supposed to tell her, uh, she'll be here. So, um, let me handle this business. Cause it's, it's what I'm supposed to do. Um, and I was like, when God told me this, this morning in my prayer time, uh, I was like, okay, well, I'll call and tell her. And God was like, no, I need you to do it publicly because the word, the, what I'm getting ready to tell you is not just for Tish, it's, some, it's for somebody else too. And I don't know who that is. So eavesdrop on what I'm about to tell Tish and um, pick it up, take it at the, <laughs> Tish says, I got no more tears in my head. It's, it's brief, Tish, it's brief, it's brief, it's brief, I promise. Um, it was really strange what God is doing with me in this season is uh, I dream a lot and he gives me these random visions that I used to not pay attention to. 
Um, but in the last week, I was I pay attention. So I was laying in my closet. And can I just say in the closet has a whole different meaning for me these days. Like I literally live in my closet um, as I get prepared every night for you guys. Um, so and all of a sudden I'm, I'm laying there and I'm actually meditating and Tish, so you know how in LA, I'm not sure if it's it's this way in Atlanta of how y'all pick up the garbage. Um, Cause I ain't been nowhere. I don't know enough. I've been locked down. So I don't know what, really what it's like. I live in an apartment here in Atlanta. And so, but like in LA, so I'm, I'm painting a picture Tish. So you, um, I'm painting a picture. So you know what I'm saying? So, you know how in LA our trash cans would go on the curb and then they the trucks, you know, are automated and they lift the trash trucks up and they put the trash in, you know, that. You remember that, Tish, right? So this morning I'm laying there and I'm, I'm having a dual purpose in the vision. So on one hand, I'm standing on the curb by the two trash cans and I'm observing but then I'm also having the POV, the point of view of what's happening. And I'm walking and they're like two German shepherds that just suddenly come from with, with behind the trash can. And when they come from behind the trash can, Tish, I know you love dogs. And I promise you, I was like, God, I don't have no idea what this means. I don't even know who it's for. And he told me it's for Tish. I want you to tell her. So, and I, cause, and I know you, this is something you do cause you love dogs. And so these two huge German shepherds, they come towards you and you think they're friendly and you're getting ready to reach out and touch them. And at the last minute, they turn into these evil snarling demons. And I'm like, uh, what the heck that mean, God? I have no idea. And he simply told me that there's getting ready to be a pair coming towards you or coming into your life. And the vision tish was by the building you've shown me. Okay. So just know, remember I said that building is guarded. Remember I, I told you that from the beginning, that building is guarded. And I couldn't tell if it was a, a, a good force or an evil force that's guarding that building. I'm thinking this is the answer to that because the vision, I can, it, it's not, it's fuzzy, but I can kind of see the building in my peripheral. And so when these German shepherds are coming and they, they're lunging, they are lunging at you and it's like snarling red and uh, uh, rabbit, what are you, like, uh, you, uh, what am I trying to say? When dogs slobber, like whatever, when it's evil and it's almost like they're infected with rabies, that's what it is. And so the warning is stay alert and be on guard for there's a pair because they, it, and that's the key that I'm, I, I was seeing there. It, they're coming in a pair and it, they look really friendly and look really good, but he needs you to stay on guard because they're not. And at the last minute, if we're not, if you're not protected, if you're not guarded, if you're not alert, that's the word. If you're not alert, they're going to get you. But as long as you don't reach out and touch them, that the minute you see them, this warning is to warn you that the foaming at the mouth. Thank you, Audrey. That's it. That's it. The minute you see them, you need to remember this warning. 
and go the other way. Don't even entertain them. Don't even give them the time of day. The minute God reminds you TJ's vision, you have to go the other way. Okay. So, uh, I know that was specifically for Tish, but God also said the reason why I couldn't tell her private because like, God, I ain't got to tell everybody. I can just pick up the phone and call Tish. But there's somebody here that that's also for, but he didn't tell me who it was for. All right. He didn't tell me who it was for. So just know um, uh, that's coming, Tish. I don't know when. It could be soon. It could be next year. I don't know. But you're going to remember this. Uh, and the person who is here or who's going to listen on the replay, I don't know who that is. Uh, they are going to remember it as well. That, uh, this is, it, it, it's, it's kind con- okay. 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 Holy spirit. It's going to be the minute you see the situation. Cause you might, you, you might not know it now who I'm talking to. And uh, okay. 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 I don't think you, so this is for everybody to listen to, okay? This is for everybody to listen to. You don't know it right now that I'm talking to you. You don't know that I'm talking to you. You don't know this vision is also for you to be eavesdropping on. But the minute this situation happens, your spidey senses are going to go up. And then you'll know, oh, that's what TJ was talking about. That, okay, so that's what I'm trying to communicate. Whew, okay. <sighs> Never done that before. Yes, Tish says it's going to be a, like a deja vu moment. You're going to remember. Ah, you're going you're gonna to know. Your spirit is going to intuitively know this don't feel right. And it's going to trigger. Oh, that's what TJ was talking about. I was the person that this was for. All right. Okay. Amen. 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 <laughs> Never done that before ever. Um, I told y'all at the beginning of this, I didn't know. um, I didn't know what God was doing for any of us. I just knew. um, I just knew that I was supposed to show up as God was developing. And it, it had been prophesied to me that my prophetic gift and my gift of seeing in the spirit was going to uh, be activated. It's always been there, but I kind of ran from it, to be honest with you. Um, and I don't tell people what I see because I sound crazy, but y'all my friends. So <laughs> y'all call to love me, apparently. Um, so yeah, Tish, it's the shift, TJ. Yep, the awakening of your prophetic senses. Uh, so with that said, y'all ready to eat? We got a feast going. We got a feast going. Y'all ready to eat? And so uh, Audrey slid into my um, inbox today and volunteered and let me know that anytime I'm ready, uh, if I need a reader, she would volunteer. So I, when I looked at what God was gonna have us t- talk about today, I was like, let's break it up and have a new voice. Let's add a voice to it so we can have some texture and some flavor and some, and some uh, <laughs> Audrey says, I got my stretchy pants on so I could eat. <laughs> Not the stretchy band, Audrey. Not the stretchy band. <laughs> um, I, why can't I hear you? Okay, let me see. Okay, there it goes. That I had had the my speakers on mute. Okay. All right. So they say they're ready, Audrey. So let's go to. 
uh, tonight is a lot of still review, but like we've always been doing from just a different angle of God showing different things. I don't know when he's going to let us out of this aspect of Peter. I don't know yet. So, uh, Audrey, let's take him to uh, Matthew 17, 20. Oh, okay. shoot. I walked off. Wait, y'all. I left my I left my pad charging. My, my new Samsung pad, and I forgot to pick it up before I sat down because I'm not used to, you know, bringing my pad. So I'm gonna go get my Samsung uh, pad. So y'all hear me? I'm going. I'm going to get the Samsung pad. IG. I'm going. I'm going to get the Samsung pad. Did y'all hear me? I'm going to get my my Samsung tablet. Yeah. Hold on. Whew. Too much fun in my face. Okay, I got my Samsung tablet, okay? Yeah, so I got my Samsung tablet. Let me get back comfortable. Matthew 17, 20. Hold on, let me pull it up for myself. My God, don't lose. No, never. My God, don't lose. He always wins. My God, don't lose. No. Okay, Audrey, I'm ready. And this one, this one is not really a, a part of the lesson, but um, actually, let's pick up a little, a little further. Uh, let's pick it up at 19. But I wanted to point you, point something out before we got into the the deep lesson. So go, Audrey. Now you ready? <clears throat> ready. Afterward, the disciples asked Jesus privately. Why couldn't we cast out that demon? You don't have enough faith, Jesus okay. told them. Okay, so I want to, I want, you know, I'm going to keep stopping you. Yeah. So I had her read it in the uh, New Living, but in the NIV, it says, he replied, because you have so little faith. And remember, I'm, we're beginning to see a pattern that that I feel like God is going to end up having us dig into that every time he deals with the disciples he tell them they don't have a, they got little faith and I'm like yo they sitting here doing crazy stuff with you Peter walking on water and you're going to tell him he got little faith so I, I when I start seeing patterns I start making a list so I wanted to start keeping y'all up on that and start just pointing it out I don't know what the message is going to um I don't know what the message is going to be, but there's something about every time he deals with the disciples, he always tell them because you have so little faith. So I just wanted to button that. That, that doesn't really have a, a, a connection to where we're going, but I wanted to just plant that seed. All right, Audrey, Luke 5, 4 through 11. Okay. Wait, hold, wait hold, hold on a second. Cause I'm on my tablet and it didn't, I didn't download that, that the new living version. So give me a second to streaming correctly. Okay. So let's try it now. Okay. Well, what did I say? We going, uh, Luke, Luke five, five to 11. 
Okay, I'm ready. Okay. When he had finished speaking, he said to Simon, now go out where it is deeper and let down your nets to catch some fish. Okay, so we already, we've covered this. We know that uh, this is when he's first meeting Simon and Simon is intuitive enough and Simon is Peter and intuitive enough that he just obeys. He, 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 uh, he, 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 he is processing, but he got questions. Go five. Okay. Master Simon replied, we worked hard all last night and didn't catch a thing. Yo, I am a fisherman, Jesus. I know what the heck I'm doing. I know what I'm doing. But how you gonna come and tell me what to do? And then plus, remember we when we covered this first, we learned that the Sea of Galilee was a, 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 a situation where fishermen fished at night closer to the shore. Here comes Jesus giving Simon contrary instructions. Okay, keep going. But if you say so. Ah, there's my magic word. But if you say so. We've been moving some mountains just on, but if you say so. Go ahead. I'll let the nets down again. And this time the nets were so full of fish, they began to tear. A shout for help brought their partners in the other boat. And soon both boats were filled with fish and on the verge of sinking. Okay, so what I want to catch there. No, keep going before I say what I'm going to say. Go ahead. Okay. Hey. When Simon Peter realized what had happened, he fell to his knees before Jesus and said, Oh, Lord, please leave me. I'm such a sinful man. For he was awestruck by the number of fish they had caught, as were the others with him. So this is what we talked about. Uh, what, what was around this? We talked about uh, something. I don't know how I phrased it, but it was don't let your expert opinion trump God's exception. God came through and violated his own natural laws, but he can do that because he's God. Right. And as a result, Peter was blessed. Now, keep going. Keep going. His partners, James and John, the sons of Zebedee, were also amazed. Jesus replied to Simon, don't be afraid. From now on, you'll be fishing for people. And so, as soon go, keep going. My bad. Keep going. One more. And as soon as they landed, they left everything and followed Jesus. Okay, so the subject of our, our, our night is five ways you seize opportunities like Peter. When I looked at this, when I looked at this, Peter seized his first opportunity by intuitively knowing that Jesus was a special, special person. And he didn't miss the opportunity for participating in what ultimately became a miracle. He may not have known completely, which is why he was like, yo, we already tried that. I already tried it. But there's something about when you stay close to Jesus, miracles happen. And Simon seized the opportunity because he acted immediately and did what he was told simply off of. But if you say so. And then the next opportunity he seized was the opportunity to rock with Jesus. 
in this version, we don't see Jesus, you know, even, um, and again, you know what? I, I, I always see what, depending on which gospel I read, I always see it differently. So on this, it, it plays out differently in my head. So when he says, Jesus replied to Simon, don't be afraid for now on, you'll be fishing for people. And as soon as they landed, they left everything and followed Jesus. Like in this version, we don't even see Jesus telling them anything. It, 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 so, you know, everybody tells it a different way. And so in this version, in, in Luke's version, we don't even see Jesus saying, well, y'all want to rock with me? They basically was like, you ain't leaving me. I don't know what you got going on, but I'm coming. And it's almost, it reminded me almost of my bingo squad. Well, I basically told him, I don't know where we going. Well, no, I knew where we were going. I don't know how we getting there. I don't know how we're building this. But if you want to ride, I got room on the plane. And some of them were crazy enough to raise their hand and get on the darn plane with me. And y'all know what we did as a result of that. I don't have to repeat that. But if you knew and you don't know, uh, uh, in less than four weeks, we raised over a million dollars in cash and prizes for the 2020 grads of HBCUs. I happen to be a proud product of Howard University, the most illustrious HBCU in the game. I dare you to fight me. So what, what had happened was, what had happened was he recognized the opportunity and he latched on to it. Whatever was in him that he recognized and his spirit recognized of watching what Jesus did in that one moment, you ain't leaving me. You, you ain't leaving me. I don't know where you're going. I don't even know what you're doing. But not, and it was not just Peter. We have already talking, we already talked about Peter was influential. Is my mom here? I, I just want to make sure. I don't know. Did, did she log in and say hi to me? Somebody let me know if my mother's here. Uh, Peter was influential because remember I, when we broke this scripture down the first time. And if you're new and thank you all for sharing. I always I forget that. Thank you all for sharing and hosting watch parties and all of that. So you, if you haven't hit the share button, you can do that now. Um, but remember when we broke this down the first day. And if you haven't watched the previous days, I, 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 I strongly suggest. You do that. But when we broke this down the first day, we talked about that Jesus was talking to Simon. He wasn't talking to James and John, but 11 says, and as soon as they landed, they left everything. Okay. Hey, Ma, I love you. Um, they left everything and followed Jesus. So Peter was influential. But all three of them were like, yo, I don't even know what just happened. I don't even know what I just saw. I was on the boat and no, we couldn't get any more fish. We couldn't catch a darn thing. And this dude just walks up and tells us what to do. And bam, boom, fish. We swimming in fishes. Fishes is just rain, making it rain with the fish, making it rain with the fish. It was like, and they like, oh, no, 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 no. You're not leaving us. Go to Mark 1, 29 through 31, Audrey. Okay, you ready? I'm ready. All right. After Jesus left the synagogue with James and John. Who he leave with? Wait, who he leave with? James and John. He left with James and John. Two of his boys. Go ahead. Yep. 
They went to Simon and Andrew's home. Who did he, whose house did he go to? Simon and Andrew. Which is Peter. So right. he's walking with his two boys, going to his third boy's house. Keep going. Now Simon's mother-in-law was sick in bed with a high fever. They told Jesus about her right away. So he went to her bedside, took her by the hand, and helped her sit up. Then the fever left her, and she prepared a meal for them. All right, so I imagine Peter. <laughs> I imagine Peter like, yo, so uh, yeah, see, I, I've been watching you do some things. And remember, I, I saw you on that boat do some things with them fishes. So I I got this, this thing where my mother-in-law is sick. Peter, Jesus is in my house. I, I've seen what he's capable of. Oh, no, I ain't missing this opportunity. We're going to see what he's going to do. Because apparently Peter li likes his mother-in-law. And he was like, yo, you in my house. So it, it ain't going to... It ain't gonna take much. And my girl Nikki Klug is here. And so Nick, Nikki Klug is like a celebrity. Ain't no like a celebrity. She is a celebrity interior designer. So when Nikki comes and she stays with me, it's a given. Nikki gonna do something around around my house. She can't help herself. She gonna help me hang a picture. She gonna help me do something because Nikki Klug is in the house. And Nikki Klug is my friend. But mostly Nikki Klug makes the best homemade pancakes. So Nikki Klug, and I always have to say her name is Nikki Klug. I don't know why. But Nikki Klug is going to have to make me some pancakes. That's Peter. Like how I'm going to have this dude in the house and I know what he's capable of. I clearly got a need. And this is my mother-in-law. And a happy wife means happy life. So if I don't get Peter to, I mean, get Jesus to hook a brother up, they ain't going to be peace. My wife's heart is going to be broken. I'm seizing this opportunity. And worst thing that happened, he can say no. So are we seeing a pattern? Peter is that dude that's like, no, 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 no. I'm coming for all I can get. All right. So let's go to four. Uh, Matthew 14, 27 through 33. All right, you ready? Okay, so this, where are we? So this is right. This is our favorite scripture. This is kind of what we we spent three days already in here. So we know the backstory. They they Jesus told them to get in the boat. He sent the people into a darn storm. He knew the storm was coming, and yet he sent it anyway because he needed to build character. He was watching it. So let's not think that just because we don't see Jesus, he ain't watching. He was watching them struggle. He let them struggle. And then all of a sudden at three o'clock in the morning, verse 27. But Jesus spoke to them at once. Don't be afraid, he said. Take courage. I am here. All right. So this is another one that I encourage you to go back and listen to the day we walk this scripture down. So take courage. I'm here. What happened in 28? Then Peter called to him, Lord, if it's really you, tell me to come to you walking on the water. So where everybody. OK, wait, we didn't read this part. So go to 26. Read 26 for me. OK. When the disciples saw him walking on the water, they were terrified. In their fear, they cried out, it's a ghost. OK, so. 
The other 11 are freaking out. Where they saw terror, Peter saw inspiration. Peter saw opportunity. It don't say Peter got freaked out. Peter was like, hold up. This, this my dude walk, this, this my dude walking on water. He unhealed my mom-in-law. What else can this dude not do? It's like, yo, this is better than David Copperfield. This is better than what's my dude, my other the street artist. Um uh come on, what's the other the the David Blaine? Thank you. That's what I'm trying to think. This is this is David Blaine. <laughs> like this, this is better than David Copperfield. This is David Blaine. This dude that I've been rocking with is out here with swag, just strolling on water and winding, and the waves are going, and he's still it ain't his hair not even blowing. His his robe ain't even blowing. He got swag, he got that Obama walk, and he coming through. I am to be afraid i'm getting ready to use this as an opportunity because what he's shown me is something i've never seen before i've been a fisherman and we talked about the other day whatever day that was we talked about the other day he this was a moment where it shifted his perspective and he started looking at the water differently he started looking at the water not just something he could swim in but something he can walk on so he changed. I think I said something about changing the familiar, like looking at your familiar circumstances with fresh eyes of faith. That's what Peter does because he sees an opportunity. He sees an opportunity to make history. Come on now. Y'all know how Peter is. Peter's like me when somebody calls me a new moniker. I don't answer to my name for three days after some, somebody called me bigger than life the other day. I'm like, I put it on Facebook. I ain't answering to TJ. I'm only going to answer to bigger than life. Somebody called me love and light a couple of days ago. I'm going to tell you, mm -mm, I ain't answering. So, you know, if this is Peter, Peter's like, yo, I've been looking at this all wrong. Y'all can be scared if you want to, but I'm seeing something that has never been done. And I can now go down in history if I actually take the gamble, have enough faith, but then let me get permission first and ask to make sure this is my Jesus. So he asked, pick it up, Audrey. Hey, he said, Lord, if it's really you, tell me to come to you walking on the water. And then what does Jesus say? Yes, come, Jesus. Peter said. just got his answer. He asked boldly, can I come? Not, and then we, we've, we've, we've broken down. He didn't ask, you know, can I uh, just walk? He was like, can I walk on water towards you? So Peter's focus was still, I'm still trying to get to Jesus. I'm just trying to get to him a different way. So Peter, Peter will not let an opportunity pass him by. <laughs> Patrice says, I will never be able to <laughs> think of Peter walking this way. I'm telling you. He saw Jesus walking like President Obama and Peter was like, I want that swag. I want that swag. Okay, go on. Uh, so Peter went over. Go ahead. So Peter went over the side of the boat and walked on the water toward Jesus. And I, get, keep, I keep getting like I read another one, another article today in my research, and they said Peter failed. Peter didn't fail. He asked. 
Can I walk on the water? Scripture says he jumped over the side of the boat and walked on the water. So why do these people keep saying he failed? He just didn't walk long. Keep going. Okay. Um, okay. 30. But when he saw the strong wind and the waves, he was terrified and began to sink. Save me, Lord, he shouted. Jesus immediately reached out and grabbed him. You have so little faith. Jesus All right. Said. You have so little faith. There it is again. So we already know what has happened here. But the point I'm making is T Peter didn't let the opportunity pass him. Did he get far? I think he did because we know coming up. 31. What happened? Uh, when they climbed back into the boat, the no, wind 31, 31. Oh, 31. Sorry. Jesus yeah, yeah. reached out and grabbed him. He was close enough to, to, to Jesus that Jesus could was in his reach. And we pulled right. out that nugget. You are never too far out of Jesus's sight that he can't reach you. Okay. Keep going. You have so little faith. Jesus said, why did you doubt me? Me. He, you, he, you didn't doubt your skills. You doubted me. And remember, we've talked about Peter didn't go do a YouTube video to learn how to walk on water. And Jesus didn't tell him, well, hold up. We got to put you some through some simulator training. So we're going to have to do this when we get back um, so that you can take the training. So then apparently Jesus knew that there was something in Peter that he could do it. 32. When they climbed back into the boat, the wind stopped. Okay, so here, here, here's what we see. And I asked the question, how did they get back to the boat? Did Jesus pick up Peter and did they just float it together? It, regardless, that would be cool. Like I got carried in Jesus's arm while he was walking on the water. Like, so that's a cool story. To, you know, I'm a storyteller. So anything that happens to me, I can turn it into a good story. So can you imagine if that was TJ? who had just walked on some water. <laughs> I'm like, IG, walking on water, hashtag dope. <laughs> like, and so then, and then, so on one hand, if we're seeing that Jesus carried Peter, hold up, Jesus, hold up, hold up, hold, hold, wait sure my hair's caught, hold up, we gotta see my hair, I gotta get the good angle, cause I need them to see that Jesus is carrying me, this is where he picked me up and carried me, after I walked on water though, y'all, y'all know me, it, it would be on social media, and so regardless, hi my friend, regardless, I got a story, because in the other half of the story is if they actually walked on water, then in my mind's eye is Jesus is right there training Peter, showing Peter, when you come down on your left leg, you got to start on the toe of your, your foot and, and, and not the, 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 the back of your foot. And then you got to roll, you know, because Jesus understands the mechanics of walking on the water. Erica says we would never hear the end of it. You already know, Erica. You already know. Every time I turn around, you know I walked on water. Here, look at the pictures. Go to my Facebook page. You can see me walking on water. <laughs> so, so <laughs> if they had to walk, it was a learning experience. So then my story is, hold up. Whew, and I had sweat, you know, like sweat. Like, whoo, whoo, Jesus was out here training me to walk on some water, y'all. I, well, I did it though. I took six steps and then, you know, I sunk for a minute, but I made it back to the boat. Peter don't miss an opportunity. 
Either way, Peter gonna win. Cause he with his Jesus. All right, which one are we on? Uh, what was that? What we just read? Number thirty-two. Okay, so uh, go to Luke nine. 28 through 36. Okay, I'm ready when you are. Okay, about eight days later, Jesus took Peter, John, and James up Who on a take? mountain to pray. Who we take? Who we take? Peter, James, and John. He took his boys. He took his boys. Go on. And as he was praying, the appearance of his face was transformed and his clothes became dazzling white. Suddenly, two men, Moses and Elijah, appeared and began talking with Jesus. They were glorious to see, and they were speaking about his exodus from this world, which was about to be fulfilled in Jerusalem. So, side note, like, that was just fascinating to watch that play out. Like, can you imagine being privy? But first of all, you and Jesus' inner circle, which, we, as we talked about yesterday, carries a whole different burden. We talked about that yesterday. Being in Jesus' inner circle carries a whole different burden. But you sitting there, and this is happening, but what but 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 what happened in 32? Peter and the others had fallen asleep. They missed it. <laughs> we talked about it yesterday. They sleepy, but why they sleepy? It's like they sleepy and missing this dope, dope moment. Keep going though. When they woke up, they saw Jesus's glory and the two men standing with him. So As when you wake up, come on y'all, like just really let your imagination go. You wake up and in, instinctually, you just know, dude, James, don't that, that, that look like, Moses. I know I ain't never seen Moses, but somehow I I know that's Moses. Yo. And John, what you thinking? That yo, Peter, that looked like Elijah. I know I ain't never laid eyes on Elijah, but if I had an image of Elijah, that's it. And look at they glowing. Like, I need my sunglasses. All of a sudden, you know, Jesus didn't give us no time and to, to get some sunglasses. And he should have told us that he was going to shine this bright and he was going to transform and all of that because I need some sunglasses. But I see enough to know that's Moses and Elijah. Yo, Jesus is talking to Moses and Elijah. Who the heck is this dude that he got clout like that? He got hookups like that. That we still, they've been dead forever and ever, ever, and yet still they standing right in front of me. Man, I can't wait to tell Nathaniel and Philip, they ain't gonna believe this. Keep going. As Moses and Elijah were starting to leave, Peter, not even knowing what he was saying, blurted out. Wait, Master, oh, back. what Peter do? What Peter do? He... He blurted out. He blurted out. That's my Peter, because you can see. Like, I would be such at a loss for words. It would just be like, blah, 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 blah. What did he say? What, what, what did he finally get out? He said, Master, it's wonderful for us to be here. Let's Yo, make this is my dude. You hooked your boy up. I will never forget this moment. I 
can't believe you let me be privy to this. This is an amazing opportunity. I'm glad I'm rolling with you. I'm glad I got you the new fresh sandals. I like this. All that walking we doing, uh-huh, mm-hmm, keep going. Let's make three shelters as memorials. One for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah. Peter never misses an opportunity. From what I can imagine, he just can't, mm, come on y'all, get what I'm saying. They've never seen this before. And you know how when somebody gives you such an amazing opportunity that just blows your mind, you just want to do something to honor them. You want to do something to let them know how much you appreciate them. Because Peter knows this is an opportunity I couldn't even plan. I didn't even know to even ask for something like this. But his gratitude just had him blurt out something. Oh, uh, oh, uh, oh, uh, uh, can, can we do a memorial? Like, you, you know, it's like something. Can, just imagine if that had happened to you. What, what, can, you can you just imagine sitting there and you just want to say something to the person who's done such an amazing thing for you? And that's all you got. Is can I can I just build a memorial for this moment? And then what happened? 34. But even as he was saying this, a cloud overshadowed them and terror gripped them as the cloud covered them. They couldn't even get it out because here come more. <laughs> here come more. God wait, Jesus was like, I ain't done. So they don't, they don't know. I love you too, Tish. They don't know what's gonna happen. Then it says, uh, then a voice from the cloud said, this is my son, my chosen one. Listen to him. Yo, <laughs> can you just, I would, y'all know me and y'all know how crazy I am. The only reason why I'm not getting up and moving around, if, if you've ever seen me speak on stage, you know I do not stay on stage because I get too excited. So you already know if this happened in front of me, Nikki, you already know I take out running across the across the, the, the whole desert or wherever they are. I just be running like, yo, that was the voice. That was the voice. Y'all hear that? James John, did y'all hear that? The voice from heaven spoke to me. He told me I got to listen to Jesus as though he got to tell me that at this point. Have you seen what he's been doing? Of course I'm going to listen to him. But I appreciate you telling me to listen to him. That would be me. I don't know about y'all, but I know how crazy I would act. 36. Okay. When the voice finished, Jesus was there alone. They didn't tell anyone at the time what they had seen. So what had happened though was in other in, in the other gospels, because <laughs> this Luke ain't doing the justice here. Uh, they didn't tell anyone at the time, but they saying, yeah, you know, Peter can't keep his mouth shut. The reason why they didn't tell anybody is because Jesus told him don't tell anybody until Jesus left. He had to specifically tell them, don't you go tell nobody what this was. I showed it to you. So then there's witnesses to it after I'm gone because folks can't handle it right now. And they'll try to get derailed. They'll be so fascinated by that. They'll get they'll they'll get derailed uh, on what I'm trying to show them. So, I, but Luke is making it seem like 
uh, yeah, they just decided. Y'all know that was good as told. It was like it was already on Instagram if it if it happened during you know our day. You know, Jesus would have had to make them leave their cell phones because it would have been good as told. That was too good to that's all it kills me when we read uh, when Jesus has healed people who have been, you know, invalid for you know years, decades, and he tells them they're gonna go tell nobody, Jesus, you already know that's good as told. They ain't gonna be able to keep that. Why are you trying to put that price? You setting them up to fail, dude. You know, they've been, they couldn't walk for 30 years and here you come in a moment and now that I can see that's good as told. I can't, how you gonna tell me? You just set me up to fail, Jesus. You set me up to fail. Don't do that to me. I ain't gonna be able to keep that. All right, where are we going now? Let's see. Uh, John 13, two through nine. I'm ready when you are. It was time for supper and the devil had already prompted Judas. So we're, so, we're, we're uh, for the Passover. We're up at the last supper. Keep going. Son of Simon Iscariot to betray Jesus. Jesus knew that the father had given him authority over everything and that he had come from God and would return to God. So he got up from the table, took off his robe, wrapped <laughs> a towel around his waist and poured water into a basin. All right, so y'all know this is the part we, we've dissected this to this nth degree, as far as I know right now. I don't know what God's gonna do if something else gonna pop up. Keep going. And poured um poured water into a basin. Then he began to wash the disciples' feet, drying them with the towel he had around him. When Jesus came to Simon Peter, Peter said to him, Lord, are you going to wash my feet? Jesus replied, You don't understand now what I'm doing, but someday you will. No, Peter protested, you will never ever wash my feet. Jesus replied, unless I wash you, you won't belong to me. Oh boy. <laughs> Peter about to see another opportunity. <laughs> Here come another opportunity. So what does Peter do, Audrey? What does Peter do? Is Simon Peter exclaimed, then wash my hands and head as well, hands, Lord. My feet. My hair, my underarms, my, you know, private parts, here my toes, here my fingernails, wash it all, Jesus. I ain't missing this opportunity. You telling me that in order for me to really, really belong to you, you got to wash me? Come on, dude. You know what? How about we do this? I'm going to make it easier for you. We, I'm just going to strip bucket naked right now. I don't care who here. I don't care. I'm going to just strip bucket naked, so I'm going to make it easy so you don't have to try to go up under my robe. We can go in the corner, whatever is comfortable for you, but I'm just going to stand here bucket naked. I'm just going to let you wash every single part of me. I will not miss this opportunity. I don't really know. I ain't really clear, Jesus, on what you really mean about you won't belong to me, but I know enough to know I ain't missing that opportunity because you're my dude. I've seen what you can do. So I trust what you're saying. So wash all of this, all of this. Actually go over, you know, here I got the I got the Dove soap. Which one, which one you prefer? I got the Dove soap, I got the Dial soap, I got the Irish Spring, whatever you need. I got my shea soap, my shea butter soap. I got whatever you need to do what you're going to do because I am not going to miss this opportunity. All right, so then let's go to John 21. 
one through seven. Later, Jesus appeared again to the disciples beside the Sea of Galilee. This is how it happened. Several of the disciples were there, Simon, Peter, Thomas, nicknamed the twin, Nathaniel from Cana in Galilee, the sons of Zebedee, and two other disciples. Okay, so what has happened here, the later, is Jesus has, has uh, died. And remember, and, and Peter has denied him. Jesus has, um, has died. They don't know what has happened. But the beauty, the beauty of this is Jesus has already appeared to uh, Peter and I think it was Cephas. I can't remember his name, but he only appeared. He appeared to them while they were walking and they were mourning. And, you know, he came up to them as a stranger. They didn't know who he was. And he was asking them, what y'all so sad about? What y'all talking about? What, you know, what's going on? They like, dude, have you not been on Facebook? Have you not been on Instagram? Have you not been on Twitter? You know, they crucified this name, Jesus, this man named Jesus. And he really, he did nothing. And, and it, it's been everywhere. You must've been living on the rock. So Jesus is like keeping them sleep. But then he started teaching them. And so then they begged him to keep, you know, keep uh, with them because they recognized something. And in my heart, I felt like they just knew it was something familiar about him. And so then he, the next morning or later that day, I forget when it was, Jesus was like, poof. And by the time there, as he was poof and gone, I don't know where he went to. He probably had to go make sure their beds were made up in heaven or something. But I wherever they went, <coughs> it was clear to Peter. That's when he recognized that was Jesus. Now, the stage is though, here, here's what we, we got to remember. And I didn't want to, because we, we, we've covered this. So I just need you to remember what has happened here. What has happened here is Jesus had predicted that Judas would betray him. He had done it in the, at the last supper. Jesus also predicted that Peter would deny him three times. Peter was adamant. Oh no, that would never happen. I'm too much of a rider. I don't even know where you getting that from Jesus. I would never abandon you. Fast forward later that night, Peter got caught slipping and went on his guard. He ended up denying Jesus, just like Jesus said. And the, the challenge though was the thing that hurt and devastated Peter is that the denial didn't happen without Jesus seeing it. Remember that moment where as soon as uh, Peter denied it the third time, the rooster crowed and Jesus looked at Peter and Peter had to face that he had let his savior down. So then he went in knowing he had not gotten uh, the, the opportunity to apologize to Jesus because after that, Jesus was crucified. So take, put yourself in that position. The last memory that Peter thinks Jesus has of him is that he failed him. And he didn't get to say, I'm sorry. I screwed up. And then he's got to hear how he died. And so imagine that's even more guilt. So by the time Jesus shows up 
on the road with him. And Peter doesn't realize it was Jesus. And then he's gone again. Imagine how Peter felt at another missed opportunity and kicking himself like, I was with the dude for three years. How did I not know it was my Jesus? And I missed another opportunity to say, I'm sorry. Cause he saw me deny him. It wasn't like I can hide it. He knows. So I missed another opportunity. How did I not know this was my Jesus? I spent the night with the man. The man has been in my house. The man has washed my feet and I didn't catch it. So th that's the guilt that Peter is walking with. And then fast forward. When Mary Magdalene comes and tells Peter and John that the, the tomb is empty. Knowing what we know of Peter's feelings, we now understand why Peter jumped up and they ran to the tomb because Peter's like, I'm not gonna miss another opportunity. If there's any, any, any slightest chance of my Jesus being there, I have to tell him I'm sorry. And then they get there and he's gone. So all of that has happened. And Peter's still processing. So when we get to verse three in chapter 21, when Simon Peter said, I'm going fishing, I can imagine he's just trying to stay busy. Can you, you have been through stuff where it's keeping you up all night. You've screwed up some stuff and it's keeping you up all night. And you're just trying to keep yourself busy because you don't know what's going on. You're trying to remember everything. You know, I'm sure all this time they weren't taking notes like Audrey. They weren't taking notes like Patrice. They weren't taking notes like like Tish, they wasn't taking notes like Terrell. So he's trying to figure out like, wait, what did Jesus say? When is he coming back? What did he try to tell us? Why didn't I write it down? Cause now I'm, I'm hurting cause I miss my, my boy. So I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna go fishing. I'm gonna go do the thing that can put me on autopilot. Cause I'm carrying this guilt And I never got to say, I'm sorry. His boy said, we'll come too. So they went on the boat, but they, they caught nothing all night. So I'm wondering, is this a moment where they're having like, yo, every time we've not caught something, Jesus was there. Jesus showed up and he actually, he got it. He, he actually made it. So this is like, can you imagine the pain that they're in because they caught nothing. They've done that happened to them twice. They've caught nothing. And the last time we caught nothing, Jesus showed up and did the unimaginable. The impossible. Go ahead, four, Audrey. 
At dawn, Jesus was standing on the beach, but the disciples couldn't see who he was. He called out, fellows, have you caught any fish? No, they replied. That's what then, we talked, that's what I injected. <laughs> we can hear that no. They're already grieving. And then here comes this random dude asking, have you caught any fish? You just fail. It's like, it's the same thing I think about when, you know, the cameras want to interview the losers of the Super Bowl and the losers of the NBA champs right after the game. They don't want to talk. They don't want to answer no questions. So they're grieving. And then here comes this random dude asking, y'all caught anything out there? Bruh, nah. Verse six. Then he said, throw out your net on the right-hand side of the boat and you'll get some. Now, notice there though, this time, they didn't hesitate. Is there some rumblings in their spirit? This is familiar. Because the last time somebody told us to do this, we came up. Keep going, Audrey. So they did, and they couldn't haul in the net because there were so many fish. Bam! It's a replay. Seven, Audrey. Then the disciple Jesus loved said to Peter, John, it's the Lord. So, so then the disciple, that's John. Go ahead. When Simon Peter heard that it was the Lord, he put on his tunic, for he had stripped for work, jumped into the water, and headed to the shore. Simon Peter was not going to miss another opportunity to get it right. When John said, oh my God, it's the Lord. Peter was like, what? Bam. I ain't missing another opportunity to tell my Jesus I'm sorry. So I'm going to do whatever it takes. I'm seizing this opportunity to tell my Jesus I'm sorry. So he just jumped. Peter don't miss opportunities. He pounces. And then our last one, John 21, 17, to, 17 through 23. Okay. So uh, uh, they've jumped, uh, uh, Jesus, uh, Peter. And that's the other thing. <coughs> Peter seizing the opportunity because nobody else jumped. They stayed on the boat. That sound familiar? Nobody else jumped. Peter jumped. Didn't wait. And as a result, he had one-on-one -on -one time with Jesus. Mm -hmm. And I'm willing to bet that's where that's where he Got to tell Jesus, I'm sorry. Can you please forgive me? He got to have that moment, however long it was between him jumping, seizing the opportunity and the other disciples getting to shore. Jesus had already prepared the breakfast for them. He got to have one-on-one -on -one time with Jesus. And Jesus is... So all-knowing that I'm sure he set it up that way. He knew what Simon Peter needed. 
He knew Peter would jump like that. Instagram, this continues over on a YouTube live. So if you're there and getting the end of this, go over to YouTube live right now. But Jesus knew his boy. He knew <laughs> the minute I, Simon figures out it's me, that's all she wrote. Peter going to jump in that water <laughs> and, and get to me. And I'm going to get to let him share his heart. And I'm willing to bet that that's why that had something to do with verse 17, Audrey. A third time he asked him, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Peter was hurt that Jesus asked the question a third time. Peter was hurt because I know I, I'm willing to bet he thought it was squashed. And now here comes Jesus asking him not once, not twice, but three times in front of everybody. Dude, I thought that was done. He wasn't thinking about what Jesus was really doing. I'm willing to bet John had to tell him later. Dude, did you catch the move that Jesus was making? But his heart was still so tender mm. over what he had done. It had only been a few days. So that thing was fresh in his heart. He still remembers the look on Jesus's face when Jesus saw him deny him. So I can see why Peter was hurt because he thought it was squashed. Go ahead, Audrey. He said, Lord, you know everything. You know that I love you. Jesus said, then feed my sheep. I tell you the truth. When you were young, you were able to do as you liked. You dressed yourself and went wherever you wanted to go. But when you are old, you will stretch out your hands and others will dress you and take you where you don't want to go. Jesus said this to let him know by what kind of death he would glorify God. Then Jesus told him, follow me. Peter turned around and saw behind them the disciple Jesus loved. He saw the John one, behind him, saw John, that's John. The one who had leaned over to Jesus during supper and asked, Lord, who will betray you? Peter asked Jesus, what about him, Lord? Peter does not miss an opportunity. Remember, we've established that Peter and John are boys. They the peanut butter and jelly. So Peter is like, um, so uh, uh, you telling me to follow you, feed your sheep. Can I, can I take my boy with him? Like, what, what he gonna do? He, Peter's not gonna miss an opportunity. And that was an easy one. Like, I, I ain't trying, I ain't, I ain't trying to, 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 uh, do this by myself. Cause see, I watched what they did to you. So, uh, uh, I need a partner. And what does Jesus say? Jesus replied, if I want him to remain alive until I return, what is that to you? As for you, follow me. So that's when we talked about worry about yourself. <laughs> that's what Jesus, Jesus was basically telling, worry about yourself. Um, but it boils down to, so, but Peter asked, Jesus may have not given him, he didn't, but Jesus didn't say no. We just told him, what is it to you? 
But at least Peter asked. Mm -hmm. Peter ain't missing no opportunities, y'all. So that leads us into five ways to seize opportunities like Peter. I'm good, Audrey. I'll let you go. I'm good. Thank you for doing that. Your hair is pretty too. I forgot to tell you that. Oh, thank you. Five ways to seize opportunities like Peter. Y'all ready for those? You ready? All right, when it comes to Peter, if we're gonna take a cue for how he got down. Hey, Delmar, for us to seize opportunities like Peter, and I believe I've successfully built the case that Peter don't sleep on opportunities. S. If you want to seize an opportunity like like Peter, you got to stay close to Jesus. Peter didn't let Jesus get too far out of us out of his sight because he knows Jesus knows where the opportunities are actually hidden. He knows. He took him to the transfer uh, transfiguration. He had been walking with Jesus that long. That was a hidden opportunity. And had he not stuck close to Jesus, he wouldn't have had that opportunity. E, inquire boldly for what you desire. Jesus, if you sin, that for me to belong to you, you got to wash me. Bucket naked, honey. Here. Do what you got to do. I'm going to stand here and let you, you clean all parts of me. Peter would ask just boldly what he desired. I imagine the impossible. When Peter was presented the opportunity where he can see he can walk on water and that's impossible, it had to start with he even thinking, I could maybe do this. He's Jesus and I know I ain't, I ain't close to him like that, but heck. I'm going to boldly inquire about it because I'm imagining the impossible. What's the worst he going to say? No. Z. Zoom in on what Jesus says is possible, not what you and the world says is impossible. So Peter knew it was what he was going to ask was impossible, but it's like having a wide shot of the situation. But because it's Jesus, 
you zoom in to that tiny thing, that tiny thing that is possible just because Jesus said so. But if you say so, And E, if you expect to seize opportunities like Peter, you have to expect to actually get an answer from Jesus. Peter would make bold inquiries of what he desired, but and he expected Jesus to answer him. He now he may not have gotten the answer he wanted, like when he asked, you know, well, can John? What about what you gonna do about John? He didn't get the answer that he wanted, but he got an answer. So now he knows how to deal with it. So if you're going to seize opportunities like Peter, you got to stay close to Jesus because he knows where the opportunities are hidden. You have to inquire boldly for what you desire. You got to even just imagine the impossible. Then you got to zoom in on what Jesus says is possible and ignore what you and the world, because Peter knew it was impossible. So he had to ignore what his finite thinking was telling him was impossible. And then E, we got to expect to actually get an answer from Jesus. He going to answer. At some point, he going to answer. So that's my heart for tonight. Was it helpful? Was it helpful? Let y'all catch up because I'm seeing it's a big delay as I'm catching my breath. Whew. Elsie says, praising God, we get to seize this opportunity for the month of August. <laughs> thank, thank you, Elsie. Um Dolly says, very helpful. Good, 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 good. Uh, all right, so let's pray. Lord God, we thank you. You did it again. It's like just when I thought you had topped yourself, Lord God. You come through and just show me a different perspective. It is my prayer, Lord God, that the tea lights don't try to absorb it all. But if they walk away with that one, that second, that those three things that changes the game for them as a result of the time they're spending with me and the, the dedication that they are having with me, it's worth it. It's amazing to me, God, that you really have just stopped my life because you love these tea lights. 
And I go hard in the paint for them because you say so. So I'm trusting that the things that you're pulling out of scripture and dissecting it in ways that some of us hadn't even ever considered. We've been in church all our, our whole lives and you, you, you are presenting it in ways that it's, it's, it's appropriate, it's timely for them. It means something to them. It's, it's right where they are. So I thank you, Lord, for Audrey. I, I thank you, Lord, for Delmar. And I, I thank you, Lord, for Lynn and Lashenda and Mom and Miss T and Marilyn and Terrell and Jamila, Patrice. I thank you for them. I thank you for Laz. I thank you for Cheryl. May Melissa walk away changed. May Deborah walk away changed. May Nijas walk away changed from, from the time that they spent. And, 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 and for the people that they're, they're not saying anything to me, they're just taking it in and absorbing it. I thank you for them, Lord God, that their lives are being changed. And one day they will let me know or say something or, or if they don't. I thank you for the replay people that are listening and just listen. But they are beginning to believe that for such a time as this, you sent me to come get them. And I may never know. All I need to know is, God, that I made you smile and that you are pleased with me. So as they continue to grow in their faith and develop their skills of Peter to seize opportunities, I thank you for them. It's like it's a group of caterpillars that are getting ready to blossom into such beautiful butterflies and spread their beauty throughout the world. Thank you for this time. Thank you for those who just let me be me. Because I know I interpret scripture in a way that's like, for some people, it's like, that's blasphemous. That's blasphemous, Teach. I can't listen to her because she just, she just goes off in scripture in a way that is just, it just, is dismissive of God and doesn't respect his authority and his majesty and his royalty. God, you created me this way. You knew what you were getting. You knew what you were getting when you put Wanda with Mohawk that they were gonna produce this. And you've loved me anyway. So I'm just worried about the people that that resonates with. It makes it plain for them. Cause I know I stand with you. You gave me this gift. And so for the people that I rub the wrong way, hopefully they can just chew the meat, spit out the bones. 
but you knew what you were getting. <laughs> you, you knew what you were getting when you got me and you created me. So I'm grateful. I'm grateful for life because I shouldn't be here. So with all that said, Lord God, we'll see you tomorrow. When you surprise us on what we gonna do next. Thank you for giving me the privilege to pray to you. In Jesus name, amen. All right, my peeps. Anything I need to know, I'm gonna start the countdown. Anything I need to know before we say good night. And 10, it is such a delay. Nine, eight, seven, six, five, four. I love y'all. Three, two, See you tomorrow. Mwah. Go out and make God smile by the time I see you tomorrow. Oh, and don't forget on Saturday is our spill the tea day. That's the day I do no teaching unless God is telling me to, but that's the day where you guys get to pour back into me and tell me your takeaways. So um, make sure we, you know, uh, you're taking your notes and you're going to come camera ready so that we can have a great conversation like we did last Saturday. Um, because the plan is I'm, it's, it's your turn to catch up, but then connect with what everybody else is getting out of it. All right. So I'll see you guys tomorrow, though. Bye. Well, that's it. Hopefully you enjoy what my TT shared with you. And like she always says, let's go out and make God smile. And don't forget to hug somebody. It's T2 Mercer signing off now. See y'all later. <laughs> <laughs>